What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it is to live a great life and create great things. And this is the pre-COVID edition. It's a series of interviews I did just about a year ago, and then a whole lot of life happened, I think, for everybody. But now that the year is coming to an end, I wanted to get these out to you because I think it's going to bring value to everybody that's involved and to you guys who are listening. On this episode, we hear from Savannah Smith. She's a national educator for Paul Mitchell, and she's co-creator at the Refinery Room KC. We dive into her journey into health, we hear about her passion for the art of hairstyling, and we also hear about all the amazing avenues that she has created to help up-and-coming bands get their name out there because she just loves music and loves bands that much. I hope you guys enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Okay. with the most serious one, the most serious question. Okay. okay. If pancake and French toast got in a fight, <laughs> who would win? Which one's gluten-free? <laughs> I have not Which got that answer either. Little... That's, that's tough right there. <laughs> Which everyone has the GF icon on the menu. That's yeah, what I'm ordering. <laughs> that's, that's the winner. Yes, that's but if it wasn't gluten-free, would it technically be the winner? French because toast. it would take someone down. French toast. If French toast, <laughs> it's the worth winner. the pain. Is that what it is? I mean, yeah. French toast is the winner for sure. So gluten's a thing for you? Gluten's a thing, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. That's my love of beer. Mm. Uh, You don't do gluten either? I I try, like, I stay away from, like, carbs and breads because I got really, really sick and could not figure, for, like, two years, could not figure it out. Found out I really love beer. (laughs) And (laughs) apparently there's a lot of, people speculate. I just stopped all of it. Yeah. And so it's, like, whiskey and wine and all that yeah, kind of stuff. So, for sure. so, so you just found it out recently? Um, I've been doing gluten-free for a year. Yeah? So, yeah. Feel better? I feel amazing. Was it a tough transition for you? It was really hard. I yeah. cut out, I was working with a naturopath, so I cut out a lot of stuff all at once. Okay. Like, huge laundry list just to see, like, how your body functions best. So you're eating, like, onions and, like, some chicken kind of deal? Or? Yeah, uh, well, I wasn't doing, like, gluten... Uh, dairy, soy, I cut out pork for a while, I wasn't doing caffeine, like just like this whole list of things. And so, yeah, there for a while, I I literally looked at her and just said, what do I eat? Help, I don't like salad. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it got better. (laughs) Have you made peace with salad? No, I just don't like salad. It's a no game for you. I cannot, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's a, a, what does she call them? A A naturopath. What is that? Just like um, holistic doctor okay yeah she's so. looking at food environment stress yeah, all these thing. kind of things okay. exercise and yeah all the all the factors right on. yeah so so in the end french toast french or toast if i if it's gluten-free yeah okay perfect <laughs> so go ahead and break down what is it you're up to in the arts world right? yeah. it seems like you're you're pretty busy and you're all over the place yeah. and so yeah just kind of break down some of the things you're up to well, um, so when I was 17, I went to hair school. So okay. I've been a hairdresser my whole adult life, and that's always been, like, something I've had my hands in. I've, right like, on. played in the music industry and done a lot of other things, but I've always done hair. So um, right now, in that world, I work at a salon a couple days a week, and I um, work for Paul Mitchell as an educator. So okay. I travel and do education um, in schools and salons kind of all over. Nice. Um, and then I work a little bit at the Paul Mitchell School with the students. Right so on. Where is Paul Mitchell School? Where is that? Uh, it's in Overland Park. Okay. So there's over 100 in the U.S., but the one I work at is in Overland Park. Right so, on. Yeah, so I do that in the hair world, and then um, 
I play in the music industry as much as I can, so I'm involved in So Far Sounds. Um, I help out with that gig. Are you doing like booking um, for So Far? Or no, I'm what? just like the cheerleader. <laughs> they give me more credit <laughs> than I'm than I'm do, but uh, whatever they need from me is okay. what I do. Um, and then I'm working on a new project called Bands and Balls. So yeah, I was of, looking a little bit at that. Tell me, <laughs> tell me more about it. Eater. It sounds really cool. Actually, yeah, from what I read. I just I've had quite the the health journey and the food journey and. Um, I started realizing like I had a lot of limiting beliefs about food and like I was just a really picky eater and that's something I didn't like about myself. So and salad. Yeah, right. I still don't eat a salad. But sorry to bring it uh, <laughs> But I realized that I would eat almost anything like in a super smoothie and that I like started falling in love with like new flavors and that was like my gateway into like eating healthier foods and like it's been a really cool journey and so um mostly I make smoothie bowls which is like a really thick smoothie the spoon and it has a bunch of yummy so toppings. you're eating it like soup but it's a smoothie yeah bowl. it's like a nice hearty breakfast okay. with like nuts or fruit or like uh, granola or whatever on top and so I was like making all these bowls just to like be healthier and, and get good nutrition and people started asking for my recipes and then I would have all these bands stay at my house and we'd wake up in the morning and make smoothies and so I realized it's probably the best meal they had yeah, on tour. Yeah. They're like oh my god it's not pizza yeah. or Taco Bell or so I realized that I could like combine the two things I love like my food journey and like healthy eating with um, supporting musicians and having an excuse to talk about their music so nice. I created a food blog called Bands and Bowls where I have breakfast with a band and we chat about food and about lifestyle and what it's like to like be healthy or not be healthy and, yeah. and all of those beliefs around food. Um, and I'm watching that here, That's a brilliant here idea. pretty soon. So I, I look yeah. forward to it because like, for us on tour, that was a big thing because yeah. we, when our first few runs, we were eating like shit. We're like eating Hardee's and cause I mean, for me, a bacon cheeseburger is like amazing, but you live off that yeah. and you just feel horrible. Yeah. You come back feeling horrible. And to the point where we were like cooking with crock pots in hotel rooms yeah. and planning out our meals. We actually tried cooking in the van with a crock pot, but it's with like, a converter, it didn't work too well. It smelled really good, but it did not work very good. Like tape down the lid. <laughs> yeah, like we literally did. Yeah. We're like taping down and we're like, is that going to be too much pressure? Is something about to blow up? Oh I don't know. Um, I that. But that's a really cool conversation to have. Yeah. Like how are bands responding to it? Are they Good. I've done, um, I've done a handful so far um, to have some locked and loaded and I'm looking forward to just like sharing meals with people and having great conversation. So That'd be fun. cool. Yeah. So you've been on this health journey kind of merging with the the music yeah. that you've already been in a huge journey for a long time. Yeah. So what, what was the start of the health journey? You talked a little bit about the gluten. Yeah. Where did that start for you? I was just... I didn't feel good. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was having some health problems and a lot of like hormonal problems and just all of these issues that I'm like, why do I just feel bad? Why am I tired all the time? And so I started meeting with naturopath and mm. um, that's the type of doctor that takes a really long time talking to you and really like calls you out on all your crap. And, can't you uh, just give me a pill? Yeah, just move exactly. On? I mean, and, I, and I was kind of sick of like traditional medicine where they just throw stuff at you and mm -hmm. hope it works and you don't really know what you're putting in your body. And so right. um, I'm a big reader. I love to read books and I started reading a lot about just like healthy eating and like the amazing things your body can do if you just allow it to function properly so I was really inspired by that and mm -hmm. it kind of became a fun game because I was inherently such a picky eater and I was like I don't want to eat any <laughs> like of that. how how picky are we talking oh my gosh like 12 year old boy is how I ate like, <laughs> like peanut butter and jelly and mac and cheese yeah like, like I miss grilled cheese every day of my grilled life cheese I miss donuts amazing. every day of my life um but yeah just uh, I remember um 
sitting at the dinner table and my mom would say like, you can't get up until you eat all that corn. And I would stare into her eyes and eat them one at a time and swallow them like pills. Cause I didn't <laughs> want to chew on it. Like I've never liked vegetables. I've never, like, I've just always been a really picky eater when yeah. it came to things that were healthy. Um, and so I just started to really dive into that and understand why I was that way and how I could change that and, and help my body function the best. And it's yeah. been awesome. Like, I love that, and I love sharing that with other people who might feel the same way. That's you know? cool. So, uh, I met a band on tour once where they they demanded vegan for everything they yeah. did, and I started talking to them, <clears> and I was like, "So you guys are vegan?" They're like, "Oh no, no, we're not." I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "It's the only way we know we're going to get healthy food I is love if we." So they they <laughs> kind of learned that. So it's cool that you're bringing that mm-hmm. conversation up because it's huge for. I think it's huge for artists if they yeah. really want to sustain career. And like uh, you said, there's a lot you can do on the road, whether mm-hmm. it's like making overnight oats that are ready in the morning and easy, you know, like there's so much that you can do to like take care of your health and, and enjoy tour and not feel beat down when you come home, you know? It's like you come home, you're like, ah, I feel all right. Like I have friends who have had to do like detox after one, because they drink so much, but two, they're eating like shit and not sleeping. And so that like for us, we'd even put a big, we'd get a big bowl of just like salad and throw it in there. And like every three or four days, we knew we were at Airbnb. It takes a lot yeah, of planning. Lot That's of the planning. only problem. That's the hard you can't thing. just like go for it. Yeah. So, so, with the music thing, yeah. How did you get into that? Uh, great question. Because <laughs> that, like, that's how you know we met, played yeah. this play, and all that. Yeah. And it seems like that's been a huge piece uh, yeah. for your life. You've for been sure. obviously the art form uh, with hair, which I want to talk about that as well. But again, how did you get? into the music thing? Um, I come from a family of musicians, so um, my dad played uh, music in church my whole life, and I grew up playing music with him, and my mom's an incredible musician, brother and sister, both just amazing, and so um, I, at some point along the way, found that my place was more behind the scenes, and I'm like, really organized. The cheerleader, and I'm re- right? Yeah, what the cheerleader. <laughs> like, I'm really organized and I'm such, like, a champion of the things I believe in and um, my place was not being in the band but it was, like, supporting the bands and how can I do that? So, I feel like my whole life I've looked for these opportunities to champion bands and support people, whether mm. it's sleeping on my floor or, like, literally creating a music publication so I can write about them and, and bring their music to other people. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of looking for opportunities um and then deciding i had to make my own at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, like all of my family's doing the music How yeah exactly. when did it start for you like when when was that that switch where like i don't have to be up front but i can support behind oh, man um well i think my first like project in the music industry that was like my gig that i felt like i created was um i created this group of people called Stay Weird Hair Pros. Stay, Stay Weird Hair Pros. Stay Weird Hair Pros. And okay. so it was a group of hairdressers and we all had ties in the music industry and we would go to like EDM festivals or like concerts or like warp tour, like whatever. And we would cut hair and style hair backstage really? for the DJs or the go-go dancers or whatever, whoever wanted their hair done. That's brilliant. So I, love it. <laughs> I got to like be in the music industry and hang out with artists and like help them be their best without, you know, like having to be a musician or yeah. like so you be started a sound that. engineer. Yeah. So I created that with a group of friends Okay. and we would like travel and go to festivals or like, you know, Midland, like global dub fest, whatever, right on. Um, and do hair behind the scenes. So who are some of the artists so, that 
you worked with? Um, a lot. Of, like, I don't listen to a lot of EDM, so I got to meet a lot of cool people, and everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, who is that? You're like, I don't know. Like, they, she they was were so really nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some of my favorite people to work with are <clears throat> these DJs that go by Cruella. It's two Cruella. Sisters. Okay. It's two sisters, and they were, like, amazing. I loved working with them. But... Um, I don't know, like Caked Up and Flex Pavilion. I remember I did hair for um, Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller's Go-Go Dancers once. And they were just cool. like hanging out and checking in. And so, um, yeah, just like cool. RJD2 was a DJ that I really loved. Uh, say, got, I don't know the EDM world either, yeah, so, so I'd be the same yeah, boat where I'm like, exactly. hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but then Warp Tour, which is like totally my scene, I got to like cut some hair like out back, you know, under some trees, like in the parking lot. Is that the one like, where you're kind of like nerding lot. out where like, oh yeah, my God, like, keep it cool, keep yeah, it cool. Yeah, like this is cool. Like the the art industry as a whole and how it can all like combine together is like so beautiful and it's yeah. such a cool thing, so. It's cool to see how you connect like all your worlds together yeah. too. Like bring the music, bring the behind yeah. the scenes and the hair and all that. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I dig it. And now it's food. And I like love food right now. So I'm like, <laughs> how do I make that a thing with music? So Now you talked about being organized. And yeah. so <laughs> your, your spreadsheet on wineries is what... <laughs> What always stood out to me is, I I can't remember was it Casey Wineco or something, and you and Steve had come out to the show, <laughs> to and I discovered play. that you have like this obsessive compulsive <laughs> uh, tracking of wineries. Talk to me about oh my your I'm, spreadsheet of wineries I'm or is the spreadsheet like, of wine. Wineries. I, okay. And I'm like this with anything that I really love. Like I get super nerdy about things that I really care about. So like I have a spreadsheet of every show that I went to this year and last year. I started really? last year. Yeah, actually Steven and I started them together. Amazing. Um and I have, you know, like my playlists are like super organized and created for every mood and every occasion. Brilliant. Um but like yeah, I feel so a little down but slightly happy. This yeah, is the playlist. Exactly. Right uh, give me a word. I have an exact playlist for you. Um <laughs> but I decided I wanted wanted to visit every winery in Missouri because I, I like yeah. love wine. How many wineries in Missouri? Um, there, last time I checked like 144, wow. but it changes, it fluctuates a lot. Right. Um, and so I just, it was just like a fun, like, this is a random goal I have. I want to go to all these wineries because it's, <laughs> you just never have a bad day at a winery. Right. So, um, I, I made a spreadsheet and I've been to, I haven't counted recently, but it's almost 60 Missouri wineries. And then I keep track of, like, what wine I loved at that winery. Nice. So that I know. Okay. So you're at yeah. 60. There's about 140-ish. Yeah. So you got a, a goal got that's going to go. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to get to 60? Oh, gosh. I did a bunch of them really fast because, I, you know, you start in Kansas City and work your way you out. And like, then you're like, okay, the rest are really far away. It's like, so, now I got to go yeah. to, like, backwoods, south Missouri. Yeah. Like, I've had some really cool road trips middle nowhere to find a winery. I love that goal, though. Yeah, it, it makes it fun. You, I'm assuming taking a group of people with you, yeah. or are you going on oh, your own no. sometimes, too? Just Check load it. up your car with friends and enjoy some wine on a sunny day. It's, it's like, good. let's go drink wine, play Jenga, and see you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Now, I remember, I feel like you told me about, like, a haunted winery or something. Is it- Oh, um, so in Liberty, um, Belvoir Winery oh, okay. is, like, it was an... Um, I believe it was an insane asylum at one time. It was an orphanage at one time. Right. Super, like, three really historic buildings, and they've put a winery in one of them, and it's I've actually beautiful. played at that one, yeah. so now I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But that's the one uh, my wife's been talking about doing. They have, like, during Halloween, they have, like, ghost tours yeah. or something. We have you done like, the ghost yeah. tour? <laughs> you're like, yes, I have. I'm also a Halloween enthusiast, I'm in, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Melding the word. So is it, it's, it's worth it. Oh, yeah, it's great. You should go. 
right sure. on. That's awesome. <laughs> Super fun. So behind all this, I, I think what's cool, like meeting people who are in the industry, is there's a lot of things that are behind what they do. Like yeah. it's easy to get lost in like the transaction of it. Where mm-hmm. as an artist, like, hey, I need to connect with this promoter or this person who's actually promoting my music. Um, but figuring out what what makes you tech and. So that's, I wonder for you, like, what does it mean in the midst of all this? Like, you got a lot going on, uh, got with the food and the health and the <laughs> wine and all that. But for you, what does it mean to live a great life? Well, um, so I think, like, for a while I was re- really driven by the shoulds. Like, the I should, should do oh, okay. this. And, like, this is what, like, society expects or what the people around me expect or my job or, like, whatever. And Mm. I think living a great life is when you can set that aside and, like, really ask yourself what you want. Mm. And I think our society has a hard time, like, identifying, like, what do I really want and what direction am I going in and what would make me happy and what would make me feel fulfilled. And um, I can fall into the, like, what will make everyone else happy? What do you guys want to do? So um, I, I live my best life when I like live in my truth and I follow my intuition and I trust my gut. Right. Um, so for, for everyone that looks different and no one can tell you what that is for your life. But for me, it usually involves travel. Mm-hmm. It involves um, exercise. Like I feel best when I'm moving my body, whether that's dance or like I do acro yoga, which is partner acrobatics. So um, I don't know. Yeah, travel... Moving my body, reading books. I'm always my happiest when I've like when I'm well read. Just kind of get get alone. Yeah, definitely like a good mix of like um, being with people and being alone, and like finding that balance of um, having really meaningful interaction and like mm-hmm. being intentional about the people I surround myself with, and then going home to see my cat and reading a book with her. And <laughs> she's super happy. So. So for you, that's like. The perfect day, the great day. Yeah, and then like the next day, I hop on a plane and go somewhere. <laughs> so. How do you break out of the shoulds? What did that look like for you? Um, I had to start standing up for myself, which was really hard because I wanted again to like please everyone and make sure like is everyone okay? Is it like <laughs> are you getting what you need from me? But I had to ask myself if I was getting what I needed, yeah. and a lot of times the answer was no. So. Whether it's like making a list of like these are the actual things I of want, of course, a list, or yeah, a full exactly, list with or like numbered, and, even if yeah. the list is like this is how I want to feel, and like <laughs> where does that take me, you know? So um, instead of, I think it's just easy to go on autopilot and not have awareness, and it's mm. really important to like stop and look around and be intentional, and that's right. what I've been trying to use as my driving force lately. Yeah, was there a moment for you where that shifted, or is, has it been kind of? over the years transition yeah, I think to it's break been a slow burn for sure yeah yeah I used to be like really really shy mm-hmm. which is funny because now my favorite thing is public speaking like well, I, it was funny as <laughs> my what I know of you I would have never guessed you were yeah, shy yeah like just incredibly shy and I always joke that the people I went to hair school with probably don't even know that I went there because I was just like hiding in a corner wouldn't talk to you know and and I remember the people that I knew I lied and said that they weren't letting me take appointments at the school yet because I was, like, too nervous and too shy. And really? I like, didn't want to do anyone's hair, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so, I'm not certified yet. Yeah, I like, they, they won't let me do hair, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, but so it's definitely been, like, a slow transition and just, like, I think I attribute a lot of it to the really strong, independent people in my life who yeah. I admire and, and just asking a lot of great questions like how, how do you do what you do and like what makes you so confident so can I that's take a, a piece bit. from here a piece yeah, from there sure. and just build it up for sure I get that too because yeah. I'm I'm people pleaser by nature and I used to it's I'm in a I think I'm in a point in my life where I'm trying to like 
just make peace with that and be okay. Like, be, there was a season where I'd almost, like, intentionally try to piss people off. Like, I went <laughs> hardcore the other way. Where it's like, I think rebellious. there's a lot of people during that season probably think I'm a big asshole. But yeah. it was me trying to break out of that. But now it's just more like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. But back to that, like, how do I take care of myself? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a hard thing to break out of. And it yeah. sounds like maybe you you have that natural people-pleasing kind yeah. of tendency to For dive sure. into. So. <laughs> so the hair thing, where, how did that start? At 17, you mm-hmm. went to school for it, but like, yeah. what inspired that? Because you came from a family of musicians. Like, yeah. I always, I went to a really small high school. Like, my graduating class was 53 people. Wow. And um, I, I was like the little emo kid in a school full of Wranglers, and so I never <laughs> really felt at home there, and I never really felt like I had a place, but... You know, we would, I was always doing my friend's hair on the weekends mm. and, you know, sneaking in the bathroom with a box color, like, don't tell your mom I did it, you know? Um, so I always it's like, loved, I will deny, deny, yeah, deny. I always loved hair and I, like, didn't naturally have the musical ability that my family had and I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, I can't draw like they can and I can't, my dad can touch anything and make art out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, I started to realize that my um, medium was hair and that's, like, how I felt artistic and that's how I could express my creativity. Yeah. And so um, I graduated high school early, and three weeks later I was in hair school. That's and awesome. So, and I've just always done hair ever since. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you, the impact that it has on people, like, I've, I've watched, obviously, I don't have any hair, <laughs> but I've watched how the hair can, well, I'll backtrack. So my wife said she never wants to do hair because it scares the shit out of her, <laughs> too, because it seems like, it can mess people up. Like if you if you do a bad job, it's like it's so important and yeah. so like vital. It seems like for women, um, for you, what does that look like to cultivate that? I guess I'm I'm trying to work out a question here. <laughs> I'm, I, it's not coming out right. But how do you how do you manage that with with the women and men that you're working with? Like the the deep connection that people tend to have with, with their, their hair, hair and with their look. Uh, what does that look like for you? It's communication all the way. Yeah. So like, you know, you may say caramel and to me that means one thing and to you that means another right. thing. So like keep like working it out. Like, what do you mean when you say caramel? Is this picture what you mean when you say caramel? You know, like really setting a super clear pathway of communication and mm-hmm. clear expectation is the only way to be successful unless it's just on accident, you know? So <laughs> sometimes you accidentally like do accident. someone's hair really great, but like, you never know. Um, <laughs> that seems really risky. Yeah, but. so just a ton of communication. And, and, you know, when I'm teaching students, we talk a lot about the consultation. You know, mm. that should be a huge part of your service, not just what kind of hair do you want today, but like, what's your lifestyle? And what are, what do you oh, want okay. your hair to so look like are... six months from now? Like, are you a right. mom? Is your hair in a ponytail? Like, okay, these bangs might not be a good idea for you. So huge the communication is just the biggest thing so to like, spend a ton of time up front yeah. just making sure like we're on the same managing page. those expectations and like oh you have really dark hair and you want to be platinum today this might be a journey not like a, a quick arrival <laughs> so um yeah just conversation and communication and making them feel heard and um active listening you know yeah. so so when it comes to hair when mm-hmm. it comes to promoting or creating a smoothie bowl um <laughs> What does it mean to you to create great things? I struggle with that because, like, if you ever work with someone and they help you set goals, right? Like, Mm. 
I have such a hard time setting goals because it has to like have a date and it has to be a thing that you can check off. And I'm so <laughs> driven by my emotion, you know, yeah. like in the salon, somebody can be like, this is how much you have to make. These are the upgrades you have to do. These are your number goals. And I'm gotcha. like, but kind of she, the business. Yeah. And I'm like, but did she love her hair? But like she cried. because she, she feel so like happy. a fucking yeah. queen walking so, out? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I'm really driven by emotion and I used to feel guilty about that. Like I need to be more business oriented, but um, again, like that intuition and like trusting my heart um, mm. hasn't served me wrong. And so I know I've created something great because I get that, like you feel the love and you get the validation and like, does it help when you get a bunch of comments on social media? Yep, absolutely. And right. like, does it help when someone in the salon walks by and wants to know your formula? Yeah. So like, um, just kind of like that peer interaction is super helpful, but a lot of it is my my emotion like telling me like you did something great you should celebrate that so like at the so, end of the day you feel good yeah like I, I know that i did something that i'm proud of so. that's awesome when it comes to like the promoting of bands and and creating these kind of environments uh what does that look like for you to create something great in I mean, that world well like you know how how it is when you're excited about anything you want to like stand on a rooftop and scream like you have to listen to this song <laughs> Like, people know that about me. When they get in my car, I'm going to be like, have you heard this? You know? And, you um, have a playlist for them by name? No? Uh, Is it not that I, organized? Well, I make playlists for other people all the time, oh, yeah. Okay. But, so, you know, I have, like, <laughs> certified bops, which is, like, all the songs that you have to hear if you've never heard them, you know? And, um, so just, um, I don't even know what the question was, but... <laughs> in, in the music world, what yeah. does it look like to create yeah. something great? Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I know I've created something great when, like, someone finds a band that they wouldn't have found otherwise. And they're like, I love this band as much as you do. And I'm like, I know, right? Now tell all your friends. And we can, like, celebrate that band together. And, like, how many times does your favorite band break up? And if we can be a part of, like, keeping them alive and keeping <laughs> them around and helping them, like, have that juice to make music, like, yeah. that's important to me. And I know I've created something great by my curation or my recommendations that's you know? awesome it makes me think of dawes may all your favorite bands stay together yeah, it's like exactly. that song that one line it's like <laughs> i know there you it's go hard. that's that's on it yeah so back to the great life if you had to boil it down to a meme like a graphic or something that you're going to share on instagram uh what would you say like this is what a great life is um, it'd probably be something cheesy like your heart will tell you what it wants or like <laughs> follow your gut sister like something like that like you just have to um, know yourself well enough to ask the questions to get the answers that you need so yeah, yeah like, so follow your heart what, what, how do you say it what, what did I say <laughs> rewind um, like your heart we'll just go back to it we'll your it. heart knows what it wants or like follow, yeah, follow your intuition. Yeah. It's funny because there's so many things that feel like cliches, but I think cliches are cliches because at one point people relate for a true. reason. That's they're, why people love real. memes, right? Like, because exactly. it's so relatable that you it's can't like, stop oh, laughing. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm totally. I'm all about, I share a ton of things like that where yeah. I feel cheesy sometimes, but I'm like, God damn it, it's true. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. So world traveler, where are you traveling to next? What's the what's um, on the docket for you? Well. I mean, this weekend I'm going to Portland for an acro convention. Nice. But, um, I'll be there like two weeks. Oh, so my first stay. time. I should so stay. <laughs> um, but worldwide, I'm looking at um, Germany and Amsterdam next. Nice. Germany is the number one place I want to be. So Very cool. Working on those. How plans. long uh, are those trips? Germany, Amsterdam? I don't know yet. I don't know. I haven't booked my flight yet. Right on. I might do it this weekend. We'll see. I was in Amsterdam just in the airport. I, mm, I was doing yoga in the hard. airport. And my band <laughs> got mad at me. I was like, why, guys? But 
they didn't like that. You're like, and physically, technically, I went to that place, but I totally yeah, didn't go to that place. Yeah, it wasn't. I was like, we're here, but we got to go. Yeah, we have to go rough. to the next place. <laughs> went to the Middle East instead. Way different. Way different. Way different vibe. So, so where can people check out uh, what you're up to? Where can they yeah. learn how to make smoothie bowls yeah. with bands and all this kind of stuff? Uh, bands and bowls on Instagram. Just add bands and bowls. Um, my salon is Refinery Room KC on Instagram. And then my personal is Savannah Slate. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank I you. I appreciate it. And <laughs> thanks for uh, taking care of bands while they're on the road and help them understand yeah. that you can't feel like shit all the time on the road. <laughs> Helping them eat healthy. So yeah, that's awesome. Sure. I appreciate it. Thanks. The Live and Create Podcast.